It's that stack of books. I'm Steve Scher. I'm Nancy Pearl. We're all sitting around the table at the Brian Corner Cafe for our podcast. Welcome all. You you had a book top of mind. I, I did. It's called A God in Every Stone, and it's by um, a Pakistani writer of of. Of, of whose books I am very fond, if that sentence makes sense. Um, her name is Camilla, K-A-M-I-L-A, Shamsi, S-H-A-M-S-I-E. And this is her, this book came out late last year, and it's the story of um, a young English woman who goes on an archaeological dig in, um, in what would become Pakistan just before World War I breaks out. And what we get in this, in this wonderful, wonderful novel is a view of World War I from the, a perspective on World War I from the point of view of the Indian soldiers who went to fight with the British and died in great numbers um, in the trenches. Um, but it's also about the early years of Indian independence, the violence, the um, the really beginnings of that strong fight against imperialism and the empire. It's it's so wonderful. It's so um, it's one of those books that really opens up a period of history, as, as fiction often can, that that many readers know nothing about. And it it informs today's divisions, um, the you know India, Pakistan, Afghanistan, all of those troubled areas really had their roots in the breakup of the Ottoman Empire and what was going on in in um, in that area of the world. It's a marvelous, marvelous book, and I highly, highly recommend it. So this came across your. Uh well, you transcend because this is an author you have read in the past? I guess so. I, I mean, I wasn't aware that it had been published. I, I, I thought I always kept a lookout for her books, but evidently I missed this one. And so I was very happy to see it. It's not an easy book to read. It's not... Um, it, it's a bit challenging in the way that it's the story is told and, and also the subject matter is not... Um, it, it's a pretty visceral read, but oh my gosh, it's just fabulous. The name is A God in Every Stone. Any romance in, or uh, love in that story? <laughs> well, there, there actually, there's um, a couple of doomed love stories woven into the book. Uh, uh, one between India and England, I would say. That's a doomed love story right there. But so today we were going to talk about love stories. Yeah. And I wanted to distinguish between a love story and a romance because I think sometimes people conflate those. And in a romance, as as one romance writer put it, maybe it was Jane Ann Krentz once said um, in an interview that I did with her. She said, "In a romance, the answer is always yes." <laughs> So in a so in a romance, it's always going to end happily. That's what you, I mean. That's why people read romances because it has a happy ending. There's there's nothing, you know. You should know from page one 
that the, the right people, the correct people are going to get together. And, and they're going to get together by the end of the book. And what happens after that, you go away assuming it's going to be happy. So... So in that and, sense, and a love story. Oh, in, in that oh sense, I was going to say. So in that sense, Pride and Prejudice is a, is is a romance. And well, what about Little Women? Not at all, because you kept telling me that people didn't end up with who they were supposed to end up with. Well, a that weeks was ago. my opinion. Although I did hear from people who heard that who heard that podcast, who wrote and said exactly, they agreed with me. Professor Bear was, you know, totally wrong for Joe. But, but so 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 there are a lot of love stories. I, I think I said this last week. Gone with the Wind is a love story, but it's certainly not a romance. Romeo and Juliet is a great love story, but it's not a romance. No, not at all. You went through your bookshelf and you didn't find a one that you wanted to talk about. I couldn't find a love story that I felt was. On my bookshelves, or a romance, I'm sure, neither. I'm sure there are. I do have, I do have a romance on my bookshelf, and it's called Soulless. The main character falls in love with a werewolf. Everything and, and, and everything's happily ever after. And everything ends up happily ever after. It's just, it's, it's just a delight, actually. I, I just adored that book. So some folks stepped up. <laughs> they did. God bless them. Did you have one? Nothing? Susan, what do you have? What's your romance and or love story? These are three love stories that I brought. One of my favorite is Astrid and Veronica, a very old woman and a very young woman. Um, it is not, they share a love. It isn't a sexual love. It's a beautiful story. Although I By Linda Olson. Yes. And this is a fairly new book me before you and it's a love story between a young woman hired to care for a man who has been totally paralyzed in a skiing accident and they are really quite lovely together and that's a love story and not a romance oh definitely (laughs) and plain song is a love story between two old men and a young girl they take in and then care for her this wayward wayward girl and her baby and they certainly, there's a great deal of love in it. Kent Haruf. So are you, a, are you, are you a, attracted to love stories slash romances? I'd say more love stories than romances. Definitely. Not romances. Yeah. No. Not romances. Happily ever after, not interested. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> they can be happy or not. Well, I, well I, t- I loved also Me Before You. I, I thought it was a really unexpected, well done... Um, novel. There's a sequel out now, and it, to me, it wasn't as, as I'm hearing you say too, Susan. It wasn't as successful as this. But me before you, one of the things I admired about this book is that is that the author Jojo Moyes doesn't give in to the easy way out, and by doing that, she switches this from a romance to a love story. So I'm Jenny, and I've got two to cover for you, Nancy. (laughs) Thinking of you. Um, One of them I'm really excited about. This belongs or is being written by a dear friend of mine who lives in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and it'll be out April or May of this year in hard copy or soft copy and ebook. And it's called Dancing Alone Without Music. 
And so it's a love story, but the thing I love about it is that the protagonist moves from being very self-focused and competitive, and he uses relationships and all these intense experiences, and believe me, he has multiple relationships, to heal and to become this move from self-focused love to relationship-healthy love to out into the world love. So it's, you know, I recommend it if anybody's interested in that kind of a genre, and it's Larry Gildersleeve is my friend, G-I-L-D-E-R and then sleeve. Bowling Green, Kentucky. The other one I brought to this group before months ago, but this is Diana Gabaldon and her whole series of this Jamie, the Scottish guy, and um, the, the, the time traveling and all that goes on. This is a, a, the thing I love about these. First of all, every one of them is like a thousand pages, so it takes me a year to read them. I don't love that. But what I do love is the incredible detail of the historical fiction that she gets into. It's so rich, like I could feel the Scottish moss, you know way that she describes it and it is a love story with heightened moments of romance so it kind of goes like this so those are mine love story with heightened romans moments of romance yes. so in, in the end not everybody lives happily ever after but some yeah. people do the main people the main people keep getting split up and then they come back together and split up so you really never know but they always come back together so that's the romance part but it's cyclical yeah well over a thousand pages hi i'm judy i also have two that I'd like to talk about, uh, I decided not to go with the obvious just for the heck of it, right? You know, there's so many love stories that I could have talked about, but instead, the first one I decided to mention was Life After Life, which is by Kate Atkinson, and it's a fascinating novel structurally, but the reason I'm talking about it as a love story is not because there's a central romance between a man and a woman, but because it's so unusual in that it talks, I think, very interestingly and seriously about love within a family. So I think the biggest love within the book is between the main character, Ursula, and her brother, Teddy, and then also um, Ursula and her father. And just the love within that family, it's complicated. It's not like everyone loves everybody else in that family. The mother is a real prickly character. There's a brother who's just an ass. Uh, but the powerful love between the brother and the sister is, is, I would say, one of the most interesting parts of that book. So that's what, a very different kind of love. And then totally different too. May I just say you really you really are stretching the definition of a love story <laughs> oh, with this book. <laughs> no, no. We just said books about love. Right. We didn't say love stories. Okay. All right. The other book I came up with and I have to say this was it may be a stretch. That's what I mean. All right, Steve. All right. But this is a book I bet everybody here has read. We're all Seattleites, right? Boys in the boat. And again, there's the lovely love story between, you know, Joe and Joyce, right? But the thing that amazed me was the love of Pocock for his sport, for the boats themselves, for the young men. Oh my gosh, when I got tears in my eyes, you reading that book, it was often because of him. So I just thought that was an amazing kind of love. Mm. <laughs> So how do we define love when we're defining love as this kind of, there's passion for a thing, love of family, it's, it's very broad. Yeah, I'm coming. 
<laughs> I just hoped somebody would answer that question for me. So this is Tom, and, and I thought the boys in the boat was a very interesting and I think very good choice. And another part of it, uh, you know, I don't know how you want to define love, but when the author interviewed the, uh, the, the main character, he kept, he kept realizing he was talking about the boat and basically his love for the boat. And it dawned on him after a while that what he meant by that mm -hmm. was the other yeah. men, young men in right. the boat. Exactly. That's what he was attracted to. That's what he remembered. Right. That's what he cried about right. was when he talked about the boat, he didn't mean the physical wooden structure. <laughs> he meant the boys. And I think it was intensely enough to be interpreted as a kind of love. Oh, that is wonderful because... You know, the reason it took Joe so long to be able to give in to that love was because he had no love growing up. He was rejected by his family, not once but twice. So how could he give himself up to love those other men, which means trust. I'd say you have to trust to love. He couldn't trust them, therefore he couldn't love them until finally he learned that. Yeah. <laughs> These are trust stories. Well, I mean, if I've been thinking that broadly, I think I, you know, I could have brought almost every book on my bookshelf. I, I, I love that. Um, Angle of Repose, the Wallace Stegner. That's a. Um, I mean, the interesting question in that book is, it's a wonderful book for a book, for a book group, for a discussion, but, you know, the question that I always think of that is, um, you know, who, who loves whom in that book? Um, you know, who is the main female character in love with? Um, it's very, it is, it, it's a great book. Yeah, you, ha you have to reread it. It just bears, it's so interesting. Yes. Okay. Crossing to safety, too. Could yes. be a love story. Yes. Yeah. What did, what did, where does you, the book you brought fit into this, Tom? Well, so the truth is, I did not bring a book. And I came to uh, listen and learn. And as we walked into the Bryant Cafe, on the little library shelves out there, Roz saw this book. Uh, Lisa Genova's Still Alice, which I had read before, and I just brought it in. And as I thought about it, I thought it would qualify <laughs> because there is uh, a factor of love in there. It's about the, uh, the woman in her 40s who develops hereditary Alzheimer's disease. And, you know, uh, the love between she and her husband, which falls apart, uh, between she and her daughters, one of which probably fell apart, the other didn't, probably became stronger. And the family love that more or less held them together, but not always. So I think there's an element of, of love story in this book, too. Yeah. I mean, that book I was telling you about of the author I interviewed that we'll hear from, Cocoon of Cancer, that's, that's what that book is entirely about. The cocoon of love that you surround yourself with when, if you want to try to have a disease not take over your life and let the love instead guide you. Is that your, is that your book? So I'm Roz. I brought Chocolat, which is a story that takes place in France. And I thought, um, I read it a long time ago, so I don't remember all the details. But what I, it was just a lovely, luscious read about a 
woman who loves life. So I think it's about a love of life and doing what you need to do to not only survive, which she was trying to do, but so there's love between a mother and a daughter in it. Um, but it's, it's loving life. And she comes into this little French village sort of blown by the wind. So there's a little magical kinds of things about it. And she opens a chocolate shop and the Catholic Church across the street, the priest doesn't like this chocolate shop because she always seems to know what people want before they come in. They decide she's a witch. Um, and they want, he wants to get rid of her, but she's planning a chocolate festival. And there are all kinds of things that happen. Um, but she does prevail in the end. And I just, you know, she wants people to have a good life. She wants them to enjoy the bounty of life and so to me that was kind of a love story when they made a movie of this however they changed the church into just the government the state and I thought it really lost something in translation I was very annoyed at that I the author of shock a lot is uh, Joanne Harris and I would like to um, plug Joanne Harris's other books as well because she's an author I think who doesn't get enough um, respect. I think she's another uh, British writer who who writes unpredictable endings to her books and you kind of expect that they're going to go along and oh yeah you know what's going to happen and then all of a sudden she she changes it and really uh, um, upends your expectations. So I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Joanne Harris's books as well. Um, so one that I would recommend is Gentlemen and Players which I thought was just uh, just, just as I remember, just a delight to read. This is Bessie, and when I uh, read about the topic, I just immediately took off with love and um, thought of chocolate and food and all the sensual things. Like Water for Chocolate, it was published about 25 years ago, by, and it's by Laura Esquivel. Oh, it was Esquivel. And it um, takes place in Mexico, a very traditional family. The daughter, Tita, must stay at home all the time and cannot get married because her mother wants her to take care of her. Each chapter has um, ingredients for, uh, let's say, like a wedding cake or one for a meal. Um, she puts her passion into cooking because she has nothing else. So we've now expanded it to love of food. I was um, drawn to it because of the food and recipes, everything that is, um, can be a part of love. I'm Susie, and I really didn't think I could think of any love story or romance that I like, so I was really desperate. And then I decided also to go with an unconventional definition because I happened to be reading Bettyville, uh, which is a memoir written by a son uh, to his mother and to his father in, in a way. Uh, it's the story of a son who has plenty of problems of his own, who leaves his life and goes to take care of his 91-year-old mother. And you're thinking, ugh. It is one of the funniest books I have ever written. He is a funny writer, and their relationships and the things that they've done are delightful. Uh, and it is a love story, 
between a son and his parents, not just his mother, and they with him. So I think it fits. I loved it. <laughs> I, I love, I mean, one of the things about Bettyville that's, that makes it so, that helps make it so interesting is that he goes from living in New York City to this small, small town in Missouri, I think, um, uh, living with his mother, who is quite a character in her own right. Uh, this is Robin, and I have a couple titles I'd just like to hear from Nancy on. One is uh, Cold Mountain by Charles Frazier. It's set in the Civil War and, and uh, mirrors the Odyssey. With, uh, uh, the uh, male character is off at war, and most of the book is uh, his uh, lover who... I, I don't think they're married through most of the book. but uh, What's your question, whether she thinks it's a love story or a romance? What's yeah, your question? Yeah, and I wondered what she thought of the book, and uh, I thought that that was a, uh, a love story. Uh, I, I thought um, I, I thought that cold, I, I, I very much enjoyed, well, I don't know if enjoyed is the right word, but I really thought that Cold Mountain was, um, was, was a, an excellent book. I don't know that it's, um, I mean, it's a love story in the same way you could say that the Odyssey is a love story, and yeah. maybe that's what it was based on. The other one was Atonement by Ian McKeon, I guess, and uh, a relationship where the war, come, where World War II comes to play, but there's a, a lot of deception and deceit in that one. I, I, I found Atonement really disturbing yeah. and, and, and distressing. Yeah, maybe that's a love story interrupt us, but the way he tells the story, I shouldn't have. I'm Elwin. Uh, well, as I was sitting here, a book I hadn't thought of before came to mind, and it was Love in the Time of Cholera by uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez. And uh, that uh, old love, put it that way. And then uh, I was thinking before of, of Doris. What do you mean by old love? What do you mean? Old people. <laughs> well, <laughs> as, as one who has been with his wife since the third day we met, I, <laughs> I can say that, yes, it's remarkable and very important. But the other book of old love, which is unconsummated love, is Doris Lessing's book, Love Again. And that is really interesting and intriguing, but I still have to go back to it. It's not really romantic. It's not really or erotic, but it, it's, it's trembling between them somehow. I have to go back to that one. And the other, as I came here, was just the episode in Tom Sawyer of his passion for Becky Thatcher. I thought that was so lovely, and as a young, as a child, really, it thrilled me in ways I didn't understand, but it did thrill me. <laughs> <laughs> old, old love and young love, huh? Yeah, old love and young love. <laughs> um, I am Rita. I am, I, I want to mention a Latin American writer from Nicaragua, Gioconda Belli. She has been translated. Uh, widely translated, and I'm thinking about this book of her. Uh, the name is The Infinite in the Palm of Her Hand, which is a reference to the, that Blake, I think, poem, The inf Infinity in the Palm of, her, uh, palm of uh, Your Hand. In any case, this book is, um, 
recreation, fantastic recreation of another fantasy, who is Adam and Eve uh, in Paradise. The beauty of this book is the language. She described with such a poetic language the first encounter with these two um, people, the only one that didn't have a belly button, they say. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, it's just, just very, very poetic and erotic, both. Is it poetic in English, too? I didn't read the English version, but I believe that it is because I read the comments, and they have, you know, really very good comments, yes. As far as uh, a biblical reference is certainly the, the Shulamite in uh, Song of Solomon. I find that just absolutely kind of thrilling. How's it go? What do you remember from it? Joseph and Suleika. I don't know if I, Joseph and Suleika is, that's from the uh, Arabic. Oh, yeah. In the Arabic version, I think that uh, Joseph is so beautiful, so beautiful, that women are there peeling potatoes, and they just start cutting their fingers because they couldn't believe. Now, the whole thing is metaphorical, because his beauty is a beauty beyond the, um, the external aspect. So it's a metaphorical story. This is what I remember about Joseph and Suleika. Another, well, along those lines would be uh, uh, Susanna. Wallace Stevens wrote that beautiful poem, Susanna Among the Elders, in the waters clear and warm, Susanna lay. She touched the hidden springs, concealed imaginings. They almost sighed for so much melody. And that's a beautiful poem. But of course, that didn't end well for the elders either. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> Well, I don't know if people read Victorian novels anymore. That's actually my favorite kind of literature. But a book that I think has more interesting love stories, real love stories, Steve, not, you know, family love or whatever, or, or love of boats. No, don't make an excuse. I think you made a good argument. I mean, look at the, the way we traveled, and then we just started talking about love. Went all the way back to Adam and Eve. <laughs> okay. But a, a book with, with a number of traditional love stories is Middlemarch. And the thing about Middlemarch is, first of all, they're all so different, and they shed such interesting light on one another. We have a young woman who willfully, against everybody's advice, marries a much, much older man, and that turns out disastrously. Uh, we have a young doctor who, again, disastrously marries a flighty, brainless woman, and that turns out disastrously. But we also have you know, well-matched lovers, young lovers, um, whose story ultimately turns out well. And then even, and for me, one of the most poignant of the loves in the book is a character, Bolstrode, who is really pretty loathsome, but what saves him is his true love for his wife. And the thing I love about George Eliot, because Middlemarch is by George Eliot, is that she has this way of making you feel compassion for every single character in the book, which, you know, I think she said she basically writes in order to make people feel compassion for one another. Um, so yeah, wonderful book if people haven't read it. And, and I give you permission to ignore all the stuff about the reform bill and just barrel <laughs> your way through it. I'm wondering what Nancy's thought is about Louise Penny. 
and the characters in it that the man and wife who are so much in love and he's this everything that a, a man should be is her main character. Would you call that a love story? Um, I am not a, as big a fan of Louise Penny's mysteries as everyone else seems to be. Um, they get a little cloying to me. Um, I mean, get out of that little Three Rivers or whatever it's called. Three Pines, sorry. Three Pines and, you know, live a little. Um, so, I, so, I, so those characters actually left me a little cold, sorry to say. Perfect and precious, but uh, I find that kind of her charm and her, uh, one, one time when I heard her speak, she was saying she does base it on her own husband, who is, is aging with difficulties now. I, I guess a love story and a mystery series that I really love is Dorothy Sayers, Peter Whimsey, and Harriet Vane. The relationship between the two of them and their two very independent um, uh, people who, who have carry their own baggage with them and, and over the course of a number of books um, kind of work out things. That's a love story. Um, well, I think that was great. This was very good for a Valentine's Day <laughs> motif because you guys took the idea of love story and expanded it. I guess we just didn't get any science fiction love in there, but I, I guess we... Well, we, did we have a vampire somewhere? So maybe we had that. Oh, my so, werewolf. <laughs> a werewolf, yes. So, uh, so that was a, that's, that's much more than a Hallmark card or one of those little sweethearts, this, con this conversation about love. Oh, wait. What about Shane? I mean, if we're going to talk about genres... You know, we have science fiction, but now we can move into westerns. Remember Shane, the, the, the quintessential western by Jack Schaefer? Oh, my Lord, you've got to read it. He rode into our shiny town, you know, in the, in the oh, there's a fabulous first line to Come it. back, Shane. And he was Shane, and it's a wonderful movie, but the book is even better. <laughs> And, and that's a love of a, of a, a young boy who, who, who loves his father and this stranger who rides in to save the townspeople, um, Shane. So good. There's all that weird, unrequited stuff between the woman and Shane, though, that kind of, oh, of bugged me a little well, bit. That's love, Steve. No, that's, that's unrequited romance. I don't know that that is love. I don't know how selfless that was in the end. Well, what was that book, what was that, that famous, uh, not, that, you know, bestseller, um, you know, Three Days in So-and-So or something that, you know, if, like 10 years ago, um, kind of the Nicholas Sparks of his day, where they're together three days and then, because her husband is away, Yes. Oh, the bridges of yeah, yes, yes. Thank you. So, I mean, so like, I'm cynical enough to say, yeah, well, three days. Anybody can have a good time with anybody else for three days, but it's the fourth day that's the telling day. So, like, I never bought that book. In addition to which, we, you know, it was a little bit clunkily written. It's the fourth day that's the telling day. Are you the last word? Well. 
maybe it's the lowest level of the group, but I was thinking about books like Fanny Hill that, re <laughs> that sort of reflect the adventures of women in uh, other times. You call them those a romance or a love story? Um, I don't know. What does Nancy think? <laughs> well, well I, I think true love lasts, and so I sort of want to take that definition you know if people think they're in love to me that's just sort of a romance that's mm -hmm. a flighty thing and that most people have no idea what real love is and aren't devoted and so forth so that's probably why I had trouble finding books because I thought most of them didn't have true love they maybe had passion they had something passion. short what's that <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm definitely ending on that thank you thank you all we'll talk again <laughs> can that be our next discussion? you can find our list of love and romance at our website thatstackofbooks.com also on facebook find it there that stack of books with nancy pearl and steve share follow us on twitter at that stack and we'll see you next time at the Bryant Corner Cafe in Seattle for that stack of books. <laughs>